Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Behind the Human. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. And do we ever have a treat for everyone today? The remarkable human and lit up energy of Judy Holler, author, keynote speaker, thought leader, podcaster, improviser, and the creator and CEO of House of Anne, which I'm rocking one of their teas right now. Welcome to the show. <laughs> so good to be here. What an introduction. Can you just like follow me around life and just, you know, walk me into rooms and set me up? That felt that felt so good. I needed well, that. Today. Selfishly, I would do that because I would I'd be the recipient of this awesome energy that always oh, leaves me you. smiling. So thank you. Thank you. It's so nice to have you, Judy. You uh we've we've exchanged emails and messages, obviously, but it's just I feel so grateful our, our passive cross there's not there's not a lot of people out there that in, you can guarantee smiles after conversations and you're one of those so i can't wait to extend that to the listeners obviously and you know, unpack a bit of your story and and rock some good prompts and practices and we're gonna we're airing this right at the end of the year so there's gonna be some awesome you know, uh, tips and reflective practices that people can leverage on the spot and, and so forth. So before we get into that, though, uh, you may know everyone gets the same question, and that is to avoid actually the bio titles that I just listed out. And that is just, who are you? How do you define yourself today as we're, we're here together? Well, I have to say, um, I have read your book. I am working my th way through your book, so I knew this question was coming. But it's interesting. Um, before we had actually confirmed this podcast, I had penned in the answer to that question into the book. And then, you know, here we are in a podcast. And what my knee-jerk reaction was at the time, it's still my answer to you today. I am a generator. I'm a generator. Wow. I yeah, generate are. energy. I generate excitement. I generate uh, activity and action. And, and, you know, I'm so obsessed with this idea of movement. And I think it was one of the biggest gifts I got when I studied improv theater at Second City's Training Center in Chicago because we were trained to move despite mm -hmm. the discomfort, despite the failure, despite the bombing on stage, you had to keep moving. And I think that has served me so much as a human and so much as an entrepreneur. And I think it's who I've always been at my core. Um, I refuse to um, remain stuck safe and just the same. I want to, yeah. I think it's a little bit of the Enneagram 7 in me too, if you if you vibe with that. And I'm certainly yeah. <laughs> uh, a big visionary uh, and I'm a Gemini. So you can imagine a day in my brain. But yeah, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a generator. I, I generate ideas and experiences and connections and energy. And it is my drug of choice. I love it. And I, I mean, I, I so resonate with you saying that word. I mean, that's, I probably wouldn't have come up with that, but when you say it, it's like, yeah, that's, that is 100% you. I'm curious. Yeah, it's like I, it's like I get high off my own supply. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like, which is awesome. You know, seriously, like, you know, working out or like whatever it is I'm doing, I'm like, oh my God, this is the best feeling, you know? And it also means, last thing I'll say, that I sleep yeah. 
really well, right? Like, yeah. you know, I do have deep moments of quiet and I'm more introverted than people think, but it just means that I know how to use my energy for a force of good to help myself and other people. And um, it's my blessing, but if I'm not careful, it can also be my curse. So I have to sure. manage it accordingly. Yeah. Sure. And where where does that come from? Like, what was the Second City experience a, a situation where that generation or that energy, if for another word, I guess, or another description, was that an experience that unlocked it or was it always kind of there and you kind of poured fire on the, or sorry, fuel on the fire type thing? Like, where's it coming from? I think, I think it's always been there. Um, I've sort of always been a bit of a leader, um, sure. so, you know, I think even back to college, um, you know, I was in a sorority and, you know, I didn't just do the sorority. I decided I needed to be chair of a Greek week and lead the entire sorority in a, uh, choreographed performance. And actually, while we didn't win the dance off, um, we did win Greek week that year. So yeah, like in That's college, right. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a leading, I'm using, um, that, that generator energy to um, help our sorority um, get what it deserved and put our girls in a situation where they could get outside of their comfort zones and try something new. And hey, guys, uh, we're not sleeping in today. We've actually got to go down into the basement and rehearse. Let's get it going. People were so mad at me, right? Because people would be all yeah. over and whatever. And I'm like, let's go five, six, seven, eight, right? Um, <laughs> so, so moral of the story is like that was happening in college, you know, definitely leadership in 20s and 30s and on boards and president of an association. But if I think back to my childhood, you know, I'm the oldest of four, oldest of four. Um, and I always make the joke um, that I have been successfully bossing people around since 1976, right? Like I'm the <laughs> oldest. Okay. It's my show, baby. Um, now this doesn't yeah. mean I'm an improviser. I love outside perspective. And of course, I'm being playful with you right now. But um, yeah, you know, I grew up in an environment where, you know, things weren't done for us. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we had to go figure it out. My mom was cleaning yeah. houses. My dad was, uh, you know, working in a print shop and, you know, we were a little bit latchkey and it was just kind of like, you know, sink or swim. You're either going to, you're either going to make it happen or, or you're not. The choice is yeah. yours. And so I sort of grew up in an environment where I just had to go generate my own opportunities. We didn't have a lot of money. My parents didn't have a lot of connections. And I knew that if there was anything that I wanted to do, like, for example, going to my all-girls Catholic high school that I wanted to go to because my grade school friends were going to, I was going to have to go get a job mm. and contribute to that. And I did. I started working at 13 years old and I paid every paycheck I made. Probably wasn't a lot. I was a hostess at Casa Gallardo Mexican restaurant. Nice. Um, those paychecks <laughs> went to my mom and dad and I paid for my college essentially, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it was an experience that I feel really proud of. Um, and I'm the sure. only one in my family to this day who has graduated college. Um, and uh, I was the only one that went to, a, my brothers and sisters went to a public school, an awesome public school, nothing wrong with that. But the moral of the story is I think that's a part of the story. Like not, that's yeah. not a normal, like even in high school, I was like, let's go. Okay, here's where I want to go. Okay, then how are we going to re reverse engineer this? How will we make it happen? Um, yeah. So fully focused from a really young age. Doesn't mean it was easy, but always well, yeah, generating I was going to say, because I mean, if, if people look at, you know, based on this conversation, start to look into your bio and, and your work and speaking and 
the brand that you uh, just launched as well. I mean, it's almost easy to, to, from the outside, think, oh, okay, well, that all makes sense. But I mean, you had to open some serious doors and combat some fear. Hence, you know, your book, right? Fear is my homeboy. Uh, it's it's not like, you know, you're superhuman and not faced with the same emotions like the rest of us. So why don't you share a bit of that story, how you got into what you're you're doing right now? Um, I'm going to say the the cliche thing uh, that I think so many entrepreneurs will totally get or people who are creating anything. I mean, it, it kind of accidentally, I'm definitely an accidental entrepreneur, like so many of us, yeah. you know. Um, one thing I know for sure is that, you know, if I look back in my childhood, you know, sometimes this may be an exercise you even offer us in the book, uh, but but there is such power. It, you know, if you are lost or you're thinking, oh, what are my strengths or, you know, what should I root my business in? I, I always tell people, go back and think about yourself as a child before the world told us no, before the world told mm -hmm. us that people were going to make fun of us and that, oh my God, you better, you better sit down and put your head in your, your book and uh, keep your eyes on your paper right? Because I don't want you to get in trouble. No, 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 right? Yeah. Before there were all the no's, go back to those days of yes, those days of like, just being so confident. And those days of like, look at me, mom, look at me, mom, this is what I do. Come watch me, watch me. And now when someone asks you what you're really good at, you're like, oh, psh, no, psh, no, me, yeah. no, thank you. But no, let's talk about you. Whereas when we were little, we were so eager to say, watch our cartwheel, watch our thing, right? So go back to those moments. And if I, if you're lost, go back to those moments, they could reveal something. Because if I look back, it all makes sense. Because what I was doing in grade school was I wasn't the kid playing volleyball. I, you know, did a little bit of dance, but I was the kid taking the monologues, memorizing them and performing in speech meets. So my little mm. dad would drive me all over the region and I'd get these monologues from my teacher, Mrs. Brown one of my transformational um, early adults in my life um, who told me to keep going with this, by the way. And I, my dad would drive me all over to these little places and I would do th these performances. I'd memorize these monolo monologues and I'd orate them and I would do it again and again and again. And yo, Mark, I would win like gold ribbons. Like I was a big champion, right? And then <laughs> yeah. I get to high school. Okay. And you know, I start doing my high school stuff and I'm in palms and all the things and you're in, uh, in high school. And then I go off to college and I go, yep, I'm going to be a communications major for sure. Like radio, television, it's my jam. I'm either going to be Katie Couric or I'm going to be an MTV VJ. And really what I wanted to be was downtown Julie Brown, but the Judy version of that. So yeah. um, my major's kind of aligned. So think storytelling, think um, performance, think energy and communication. And then 9-11 hit when I graduated and the world sort of stopped. And I was running a bar at the time. I was working for Hard Rock Cafe. I was doing some corporate training. And one of my bar managers at the time, his wife was a member of an association, Meeting Professionals International, uh, told me about the hospitality industry and that there were sales jobs in hotels. I go, hotels have sales jobs. Long story short, I end up getting this job in a hotel selling and um, using my strength of storytelling, I guess, to really fall in love with the process of 
site visits and and sales presentations. And I just thrived in that industry, got a huge promotion, moved up to Chicago. And I was um, at 30 at the time and single and all the things. And I get to Chicago, this great job in the hospitality industry, earning some money, great insurance, you know, right? Living the dream, air (laughs) quotes. And um, I said, okay, I'm a little lonely. I don't know anyone here. I'm feeling kind of stuck. Is this it? I probably should add something new, which we can Mm. come back to. It's something we talk about. And I did. I said, I've always loved Saturday Night Live. I'm here in the city of of Second City. (laughs) I'm living in the Second City. Um, How do I not go take an improv class? So I did it. Um, But what people don't know is that the first time I signed up, and this is why our shirts... All of the shirts inside the House of Ann say, open the door on the back. It's one of my signature stories. It's how everything happened for me. The first time I went, I quit. I like paid the full semester fee because Second City does not refund you. They are Second City, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't show up for class, you're not getting your money back, okay? So, I, but I quit. I got all the way there, literally had my hand on the doorknob. People were asking me if I was lost and I was like, I'm out of here. I was so afraid that I was too old. I didn't think I was funny enough. I didn't think I was smart enough. I thought everybody was going to make fun of me. So I quit. It took me two years, Mark. I was 32 when I went back to Second City. And there's this part in my keynote where I walk people through that story. And then when I get to the part of how I go back, you know, my big fear was that I was too old. And I put up this photo of my very first improv ensemble. And the first two people you sort of see, I put arrows by them, is number one, Shelly, who at the time was a 54-year-old University of Chicago professor taking improv to like think on her feet in the classroom. And then in the back was this guy named Frank, 55-year-old sales guy, taking improv to like be a better presenter. And like I had been waiting for two years. So that moment reminds me every single day that we've got to open the door. Even if our knees are shaking like little Bambi, we got to move, right? And so that moment, literally, Mark, changed everything. It brought brought my childhood back to my present, to everything. And I remember sitting in one of those improv classes with my notebooks. I was the girl with the notebook. I took notes at every class, came to serve me, right, as I've built this business. Um, But I, I remember sitting there going, I'm going to do this. I'm going to teach this. I'm I'm going to, I am going to do this because what I was finding, final point of the story is that all the things I was learning in the improv theater that were making me really brave on stage were making me really brave in the boardroom. I was asking for the money I deserved. I was going on dates. I was putting myself out there. I was setting boundaries. I was saying no. I was failing and not caring about it, right? Like I had this higher tolerance for pain that I didn't have before. And I said, well, I got to teach this to everybody I know. And so it began. And now here we are full circle, almost 20 years later, and I'm speaking again, writing my own scripts, telling my own stories to a community that is saying yes and adding something And wearing your swag. And now wearing it on their chest, the big ampersand. It's insane. It's insane (laughs) what we can do. It's insane. Yeah, it really. So what what allowed you to open the door the second time around? Like what were what were some of the things that to, to help either release or rechannel that fear? And I ask because I, I literally have a, a newsletter going out, I think this Sunday, 
where the opening prompt was or is, uh, where am I playing it safe? And full body chills right now. Well, yeah. and just thinking like where it led then, you know, as you know, I that follow a Socratic method. So the other prompts then get into, well, usually it's fear that's holding us back from like, we, we can all answer that question. Like we all know where we're playing it safe, but it's that fear that just blocks us. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And that is one of the first things I did. Um, and it's interesting because it's really rooted. What I'm about to tell you is the foundation of the methodology we've built inside the house of and and i i think and this is where you and i are are definitely <laughs> soul friends because <laughs> yeah. um we love the work i think so many people get caught up in work and going to work and doing the work that we forget about the work and when I say the work, I'm talking about your soul work, the work on you as the business that you are. And for the first time in my life, in between 30 and 32, I started asking questions like that. And the first question I asked myself was, okay, what am I afraid of? And what keeps getting in my way. You know, what are these limiting beliefs? It really rooted into limiting beliefs. What are the limiting beliefs? These broken soundtracks, these things I've probably been telling myself since grade school, things either uh, an adult said to me in my childhood, something someone said to me in passing, like, what are these things holding me back? And I did it in the categories of home and health and wealth and love, like in those areas, what's holding me back? And certainly, in the realm of creativity and putting myself sure. out there, right? And I think it was the answers to those questions that led me to, okay, if I know that, then what mental fitness work do I need to do to fix that? If you know you're overweight, you're going to eat right and go to the gym and monitor calories. If you're in debt, you're going to save money and all this stuff. Um, but we don't think about our brains that way. And mental fitness to me, Mark, is the practice of saying, okay, here's what's getting in my way. Here are the roadblocks. Um, mm -hmm. Here's what I'm really good at. And what mental fitness practices can I put into my life to make those things I'm really good at even better instead of wasting a ton of time working on things that probably aren't my natural gifts. So it oh, was like getting, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting clear on, you know, what you're good at, what's holding you back. And then, okay, let's monetize and increase our abundance around the, the stuff we do better than anyone else. And then fill in the rest, right? But I think so yeah. many times we focus on what we don't have and then we wonder why we're not moving. So that was yeah. the first thing I did. And I think that is what gave me... And then I re was reading a lot of Brene Brown at the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mel yeah, yeah. Robbins, uh, Marie Forleo, Seth Godin, uh, Let's Be Clear, Stephen Pressfield got me in the doors of that building. War of Art changed the war of art at the time and essentialism really changed because the work of essentialism allowed me to side hustle and build a business because I was able to structure my day in a corporate job, a big corporate job with myself still being a priority in my schedule. And so okay. that allowed me to like side hustle. So those two books together, one was confidence, one was like strategery. And that got me kind of in the door with, with the work, the mental fitness uh, as well. So then if I'm hearing like jumping into the actual practices, I mean, definitely learning and, and surrounding yourself with, uh, whether in person or in this case, you know, virtually through their 
books and they're like mentors, right? Essentially to keep your, your mind moving forward and, and surfacing more clarity and so forth. Were there any other kind of staple practices that you yes. had? Yes. Three. Okay. Number one, and this has been with me for over a decade. Everybody calls them something different. I call them my I am power statements. And they're a part of oh, our... yes. Um, yes. And you see me write these. I made yeah, them... Yeah, kind of right in the morning. Yeah, we have yeah. a goal focus planner. It's called the possibility planner anyway. So I, I um, you know, one of my mental, as we think about laying the foundation, the first thing we really help people understand uh, inside the house of and is that there has to be a foundation. If we skip this part, you're done before you started. You can't just go right into action. You have to yeah. be ready. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. You have to be ready. Um, you can't build a house without a foundation. So why do you build yours without one? So there are three foundational mental fitness practices like I don't think I can live without. Number one, my I am power statements. Every day I begin rooted in the possibility of who I believe that I am some of these things are not true yet. Mm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. some of them I do feel are true, right? So if you have really tactically, say you have a limiting belief that you are broke and you will always be broke, yeah. then your I am power statement, if we want to fix that, fix that wire that's not, you know, firing the right way, we start writing every day, I am wealth. I am abundance. Money yeah. flows into my life and my business with ease, right? People want to give me money, right? So like every day it's, I am healthy and disease-free. I am a millionaire. I am safe to be seen. I am on big stages, right? Millions of people wear my t-shirts around the world. I, you know, there's one I've been doing lately I, I, you know, that I have this dream mark of like being in an airport. They're like, how do you, how will you know when you've made it? I'm like, when I'm in an airport and I see someone in my t-shirt, that will be a, a, a like a yes. knee buckling gratitude moment for me. And so I'm, I have such a clear vision of it. And so then I sit with those visions and meditate on them, but they begin with my yeah. power statements. So that's practice number one. Hello, everyone. I first wanted to say thanks for being here and I hope you're enjoying the show. I wanted to let you know if you're interested, I just launched the Better Questions newsletter designed to provide you with a consistent 15-minute opportunity to pause and think because a pause leads to clarity and operating with intention where we all win and thrive. The newsletter is short, simple, and practical, providing you with three quality reflective prompts and mental fitness twice a month. But as always, I'll adjust the frequency based on your feedback. Never forget, at any point, you are always one question away from a completely different life or outcome. You can sign up over at BehindTheHuman.com, which will also give you a free preview of my debut book, Personal Socrates. BehindTheHuman.com. Now back to the show. I like that you you go to or, or go to that question of like how will you know? And I remember I was interviewing John Azrath, and and he asked me that, and he's like, we we're talking about the book and all these things. He's like, so how will you know when you made it there? I'm like, well, that's mm. a good question. I mean, it's I have I have loose ideas, but you know, no, like in specific detail. To your point, you see the T-shirt in the airport, like that's what it is, 
right? <laughs> and not, I didn't say like a million dollars. I was like, yo, just see, like I got, when I got, we, you guys, when we got on the podcast today, Mark is wearing my t-shirt and I like, I, you know, my whole day is made, right? Like my whole day is made because you wearing that t-shirt reminds yourself of what's possible, but it also yes. sparks a conversation for anybody's like, oh my God, what's that? You know, what's all, you know, then you can, you know, share that possibility and that, yeah. that idea with someone else. But yeah, I think that's a defining question a lot of people skip over. You know, what does it look like to make it? And here's the deal. I think we need to, to ask ourselves this question. You know, what is the real definition of success to yeah. you? And for me, success is truly all about removing the limiting mm. factors that hold you back from turning your dreams into goals because we get in the way of serendipity. Yeah. We yeah. get in the way of chance encounters. There's no luck. There's only movement, right? There's, there's only putting yourself in the way of those beautiful opportunities that you'd never catch if you're looking down at your phone and you've got your day planned to every second of every minute of every day. Are we leaving enough room for, for God, the universe, whatever you believe in to come into um, yeah. our stratosphere? And that's where the miracles happen, right? So, I am power statements are a beautiful way to slow down and remind yourself of who the F you are and what it is that you want instead of allowing the broken soundtracks to, to run yeah. your day and run your life. So that's, okay. That's, it. I'm going to last one. question on the I am statements and I'm going to use, yeah, go on, uh, I've it. got some of those in my end of year reflection, but I'm, I'm going to prioritize that. I like it a lot. <gasps> I'm um, so glad. The statements, like, do you, practically speaking, and everyone's different, obviously, so people of this show know, find the things that work for you, but I like to provide as many options as possible from all the different guests, right? Like, do you, are they, are they statements for the year? Are you updating them as you go? Like, how does that work? Such a good question. So, yes, I have some some what I call OGs that are always sort of there, right? They're, they're, sure. they're my, kind of my staples. You know, I am healthy and disease-free. I am um, CEO of an iconic brand. I am a multi-million dollar entrepreneur. I am safe to be seen and I am on big stages. Those are probably some of my OGs. But then the others can sort of ebb and flow based on what I've got going today. Do you want me to read you a couple of the ones I wrote this morning? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, hold on, let me grab it. Oh gosh, you guys, this is talking about vulnerable moment. Okay. Um, okay. So I have been, we talked about a little, this a little bit before we went on the air confidence, right? Like this notion yeah. of like really being confident in, you know, at the end of the day, whether you're in sales or not, we're all selling, you're selling yourself. Yeah. Branding is selling, marketing is selling. And if you're not selling, you, you're, you're, you'll never get your work out into the world. So I have been feeling nervous and shy about articulating my value. And I feel like I've lost my selling swagger because, you know, COVID has changed things yeah. so much. And anyway, so my statements today were, we're moving to Arizona. So I am living in my Arizona dream house. I am on big stages. I am a millionaire and I am abundance in itself. I am, mm. I am strong and in the best shape of my life. I have an iconic brand. I sell with confidence. That's a new one, okay? Because that is something okay. I'm working through right now. I sell with confidence. I sell with confidence, right? I am not afraid to be seen. And by the way, there's always 10. My rule of thumb is 10. Okay. I am worthy 
of wealth. I am smart. I am creative. So that's what I'm vibing with. Uh, and that's, and that's what I did today. And again, there's, there's definitely some OGs that come up, but this is a practice that, you know, I can do on vacation. I don't need to take my big planner with me to, to scribble 10. I am power statements into my phone or into a notebook. This is a practice. I do like my coffee is my trigger. You know, Mm -hmm. I get the coffee and I read my daily stoic like you, right? It's it's fire. (laughs) So I coffee, daily stoic, I am power statements, gasoline yeah. for the tank. I love it. Love it. I'm going to, I'm going to tack that on to my daily stoic practice, which I feel like we should all be getting affiliate like links or something with Ryan holiday at this point. The oh amount God, of times right? I've mentioned his book. Serious. <laughs> Seriously. Serious. Uh, oh, I love what are it. the other two uh, practices, Judy? Um, I would say um, I am always prioritizing. So I sit down with my planner and I, um, you know, always make sure that I'm prioritizing myself in my day. So number two is, okay, how can I practice self-care and self-love today? What does that need to be be for me today? Maybe it's a walk alone. Maybe it is uh, calling my dad. (laughs) Maybe Mm -hmm. it's a workout. Maybe it's going to my favorite coffee shop and getting my favorite acai bowl. Like, do I have anything that like literally makes me so happy in my schedule or am all I doing is the only thing I'm doing grinding here, right? Like, yeah. if there's not joy in my day, why are we... The clock is ticking. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can have fun while we build this machine, okay? And yeah. so I'm always, like, making sure that I'm a priority in my day. So many of us are last yeah. on our own list, and that's BS. Yeah. But right? I like how your list is fluid. I think that takes so much pressure off of the scenario yes. where... Because I hear this one all the time. It's like, oh, I have to get in my meditation. I have to do my journaling or I have to get in my spin or something, right? And I know you're a fan of Peloton as well. So am I, but it's like, it's not every morning I want to do that. Maybe I'm going to do some stretching or the other morning I took a long walk, you know, and that was helpful for my mind and and move the body and stuff like that. But if you give yourself the, the permission to not be so you know, damn mm. regimented with the, with the, with the practices and at least have your list, which you do, yeah. then I don't know. I, I just feel like we, first of all, set ourselves up for success and to, to actually do something every day. Right. I'm so obsessed with that because just imagine this is again, why we miss opportunities. We have to put ourselves in the way of serendipity. Serendipity is defined as essentially happy accidents. So Mark, Let's give a perfect yeah. example. If your day is too, like say Mark's day was so regimented. I mean, you've got a newborn, you've got so much going on, right? Like, of course, you're busy like everyone else. We're all busy. Busy is, oh, by the way, a choice. But like sometimes life is a reality, right? You've got little yeah. kids, you're running a business, things are hectic. But if Mark would have had his schedule so psychotically regimented yeah, that he left no room for himself to take that walk, could we have missed the next big idea? Could mm-hmm. Mark have missed the next opportunity to catch the thing that's going to move his business or the call he needs to make that's going to do something or the thing he can do to help his wife? Like when we get into that space of stillness, Ryan oh, Holiday, yeah. stillness yeah. is key. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, but it's so true because we just fly through our days and we get jammed up in email and we take meeting after meeting. Imagine how companies and teams would change if they started making like no meeting Wednesday policies or mm-hmm. no email Thursday policies. We sit in meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting and then we wonder why we can't actually do the work we're paid to go do in the company. Yeah. Or it's we're jamming too, it in and it's, it's just jammed in. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
There's no time yeah, and we, for and the boundaries. Thought. Yeah, and there's no time for thought. Imagine how you could change a company if you started incentivizing people for like how many podcasts they listen to and like debrief the team and starting a blog and I, you have to read a certain amount of pages a year or you get 10 days a year to um, go to uh, any personal development you want. And the only requirement, we pay for it, the only requirement is you got to bring those ideas back and teach us what you learned. Like yeah. those are crazy out of the box ideas, maybe not out of the box and giving myself a little too much credit there, but they're ideas (laughs) that people don't really lean into because they feel like a waste of time, but really, hmm, are they? Like, are they, you know? I don't know. My life has changed at so many, reading so many books, listening to so many podcasts, putting myself out there, going to conferences alone. And, you know, imagine if we could create an environment where people felt safe enough to go get that for themselves, safe enough to say, you know what? I'm not going to look at email till 10 most days because I'm going to spend the first two hours of my day, see my job description, actually working on my job <laughs> yeah. so that yeah. I can hit my targets and make my numbers and make this organization better, right? Like, how yeah. do we give our, our people the permission um, to do more of that and create those safe environments to, to play and explore and fail, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just, it's paramount. I mean, I, I even see it, like, even with myself, with everything going on right now with a newborn and whatnot, like, for me, the morning is... Oh, yeah is so critical. So I still, I'm still getting in at least the first like 30 or 40 minutes of mm-hmm. mental fitness time and starting the day like that. But then what has, what has changed is, um, and obviously, but uh, I have to get the five-year-old kind of ready into school and stuff. So my wife's still sleeping. She's feeding all, all throughout the night and really trying to figure out that's when I write normally and where I'm working on like the most important stuff, uh, essentially, but it's been tough, right? Like to just to figure out, or I guess be kind enough to myself to realize, Mm -hmm. I mean, A, this could just be temporary, but even if it isn't, yeah, Yeah. exactly. A season. Um, and if it's, even if it's not, I mean, I am getting these extra, you know, special moments, bringing my little guy to school that normally I wasn't doing. I was home and stuff like that. And, you, you know, it's funny how your schedule starts to morph into different ways. You still prioritize the time. It's yes, just... that's the thing. You need a little bit more willpower because the day creeps up, right? It does. Um, and that's all choices. Like, you're never going to have enough time. You got to go make it. And you also, yeah. to your point, have to give you give yourself some grace. And this is where totally. the mindset of an improviser just, like, serves you so well because life changes on a dime on a dime and and 12 months goes by in a clip. So um, being flexible is a big Mm. part of it. Allowing yourself to say, oh my God, I have a newborn. Okay, cool. We're going to remix this record a little bit right now. And that's okay. (laughs) Or I'm taking, this is now a new priority. And one of the things, you know, I've done in my business for years is I work in really small windows. I certainly have my eyes on some big goals for the business, but I work in 30 day windows because that just allows me to sort of like, oh, be really, really flexible and not get into deep on something that could change overnight. Yeah, totally. So yeah, that's practice number two. And then uh, you want to hear the third one? It's a, it's a good one. Okay. So the yeah. third um, mental fitness practice that um, will help you be braver if you definitely uh, want to fear, fear less and, and figure out how to build that muscle. We do that through fear experiments. So there is a prompt mm. that I ask myself every single day at the end of the day. It says, 
did I get out of my comfort zone today? Check the box. Yes or no. And then (laughs) underneath it says, if yes, hooray. The fear experiment I conducted was dot, dot, dot. So we call them fear experiments. So we think of ourselves a little bit like fear scientists. And really what this is, is, is us going to the fear gym. And we're doing little things every day to get more comfortable being uncomfortable, which is really improv in itself. And so it could be big things like you, uh, you know, finally con- confronting someone who doesn't treat you well, or you speaking up and asking for more money at work or moving to a new city. There's a big fig- fear experiments. But then the everyday ones matter just as much. So going on camera on Zoom, if that makes you terribly uncomfortable. Being mm-hmm. on a podcast interview with Mark Champagne oh, yeah. is a fear experiment, right? Like something new. <laughs> we have no script. What's he going to ask me? Oh my God, am I going to look so like, am I good enough? Whatever. Um, so fear experiment. Wearing sequin when everybody else is in suits, trying new foods, listening to new music, taking a different drive to Costco. Like we wake up every day and we do the same thing we've always done because this is the, and then you wonder why your life isn't different. Like if you start that practice, like I think if there's one fundamental shift someone could make right now that would dramatically impact besides I am power statements, who they are next year, get uncomfortable a little bit every day, a little bit every day. Don't take the safe route. Remix it. Push yourself. Try something new. Add something new. Speak up when you feel it. Just, it it will build that muscle in a way that will serve you. And then all of a sudden you're going to wake up and you're going to go, oh my God, I've always been brave. I've just, I've Mm -hmm. just turned on the light. You know, I've just turned on the light. And then you stack on those experiences, right? And then you stack. Yes. He's like, oh yeah, I did that. It wasn't as bad as when I first did this giant presentation. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. My heart is still beating in my chest. Well, okay, let me try it again. And then you start to get confidence. You're like, oh my God, if I can do that, imagine what I can do this. And oh my God, maybe I can do this. And then here's the other thing. People are watching you be brave. And then all of a sudden you're a courage role model, especially if you have kids at home, they are watching you right? So it's your job to be brave. It's your job to prioritize self-care. How else are they going to learn how to do it? Like, who are they learning from? If you're a workaholic and then your kid grows up and becomes a workaholic, well, of course, where do they learn that from? We've got to show. And I think that's a really cool responsibility to have. It's, It's a big one. It's an important one, but you can change. You can change. You can change. You can change your environment. You could break a bad cycle. You can, you don't have to be where you came from. Of course. You know, Preaching. and that's like a butterfly. It. It's like the, the, the momentum of metaphors, metamorphosis is like one of the most inspiring examples of, of, of change. Because to think that you could go from a nasty ass caterpillar to this yeah. beautiful, magical butterfly. Um, just reminds me that it's never too late to change. It's never too late to have your own metamorphosis. And maybe mm-hmm. 2022 is the year that you become butterfly. You get out of the, you get out of the cocoon. Yeah. You've been fed the pupa. You're done. You're ready. And it's time to bust out and start trying new things because that's the story of the butterfly. It can also be your story as well. Love it. Love it. See, this is why I'm, I was so excited for this conversation. Because again, <laughs> selfishly, I'm leaving. going to leave this booth with huge <sighs> smiles on my face. Well, you are a butterfly. You are oh, doing thank it. You. It's so good. Love it. Well, let's talk. Cause, um, and just, I just want to make it clear to the listeners that before I say this, 
Judy did not ask me to release this episode at this time, did not ask to promote any type of Mm. course or book or anything like that. I want to do this because what you're probably experiencing right now on the end of your chair, leaning into her energy, she is an awesome human helping a lot of people out there and has a great team around her to do that as well. So with that said, please, please tell us about the course that you have lined up for the end of the year. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, it's just, it means the world to me that we're, we're going to talk about this and just that, that you even brought it up. He, he's very serious. Uh, before we recorded, he's like, let's talk about your course. I'm like, you want to talk about my course? Oh my God, that's amazing. I almost start crying. So um, we're so proud of it. It's really like my life's work, I swear. And what's so great about this methodology, uh, this bespoke methodology that we're sort of customizing and tweaking inside of the House of And is that it is... Um, most importantly, and here's the thing that we need to be very clear on. It's called the House of And Mindset Masterclass. And here's what it is. Yes, I have a planner. Awesome. It's cool. But it doesn't matter what planner you use. It doesn't matter how you use your planner. It doesn't frankly, even really matter to me how you set your goals and what kind of, I mean, questions we need to be asking them, but the questions you ask are going to really be the questions you need to ask that based on where you need to go. Books like yours, Mark, are great resources uh, to get some guidance there. But what we're doing in our Mindset Masterclass on the 29th of this month, December, like that magical time in between Christmas and New Year's, it's like, ah, I love that time. So we are going to teach you how to think. So that you can start to make more confident decisions for yourself because you start to see things in a new way. So we move you through, we we essentially build your house together and we... We, we begin by laying the foundation. So the first part of the work is what it looks like to build a foundation, the foundation of your house, right? Mm. What do you need to be doing um, in phase one, right? Because you can't skip the foundation and go right into action and start doing a bunch of things for yourself in 2022. Because if the the foundation isn't solid, you're not going to get very far. So we help you lay the foundation by, you know, helping you identify your strengths and really lean into what those limiting beliefs are. And, uh, you know, exploring mental fitness practices and and how you can um, become a little more mentally strong so that you can then go and move into phase two, which is the notion of opening more doors. You know, the only way anything's going to happen once you've got a strong foundation is you've got to start kicking open doors and rattling the cage. And this is where boundaries and goals uh, yeah. go hand in hand. And we teach you that uh, goals are actually boundaries. Show me what your goals are. You know what boundaries you need to set. And goals aren't achieved because we don't have the right boundaries. And some of that's rooted in our limiting beliefs, thinking we can't set them. So we start by laying the foundation. We start to kick open doors. And then if you're in a house too long, you know, and you don't open a door, it gets a little stuffy. gets a little stuffy. So we got to crack a window. We teach you how to remain open and expand possibility and what it looks like to do that um, so that you run into serendipity and all those happy accidents uh, that are waiting for you. And then we welcome you home in the final part of the framework, which is really at the top of 
our house where we take victory laps and celebrate everything we do, of course, but then we say, yes, and, and we do it again, right? Like think of a mountain. You climb a mountain, you climb a mountain, and you're like, this is my mountain. I'm so focused on this mountain. I'm going up that mountain. You know where you're going. And then you get up on top of the mountain. And you're like, oh, I had a, I had no idea all this was up here. Look at that. And look at this. And oh my God, there's this. And oh, I had no idea. And now that I'm up here, well, I, I could do this. I could do that. Where do I even start? We begin again. We yes, come and. back to the foundation right? And we begin to say, okay, I've climbed, like, listen, think of a house, like you don't just build a house and not trim, trim the garden and pull the weeds and mow Mm -hmm. the lawn. Like it is an infinite game. And so we come back again and final example, say for example, your house burns down or collapses, which it felt like it did to me when COVID hit. And you've been through it with your app, right? Like this notion of like everything as I knew it, is gone. Yeah. I'm bro. I'm so done. I don't know where to start and how will I start? And I'm depressed. And now I feel like, you know, you start doing all these broken soundtracks and you feel like a victim and you don't know where, what to do next. And fear has you in a chokehold. We come back and we lay what that's exactly what I did at COVID. I had to lay a new foundation. I had to ask different questions. I had to set new goals. I had to set new boundaries. And then we repeat it again and again. You get a diagnosis. Okay, let's come back to mm-hmm. those 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 core principles. But here's here's the thing if the foundation isn't laid and you don't have that mental fitness um, it doesn't matter. Right. Like, so we have to always kind of come back to the practices that are going to allow us to remain strong despite the disruption that we can't avoid. And, and those are sort of high level, the principles we walk through. Um, it's, it's a, it's a mindset course. It Mm -hmm. it gives you the permission to go make the decisions you need to for yourself. And of course we have planners and tools and PDFs and all kinds of stuff to help you do that. But we want to help you get your mind right so you can make more confident decisions for yourself. I hope that helps explain it. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I support that message. That's for sure. I mean, what I'm hearing too is just that, I mean, you're first of all, helping pull people off the autopilot of life that we've already kind of talked about in the conversation. And then, and then just giving giving the tools and the, and, and the questions and the thought process and the, the practices and all that to be able to, I think, to give the confidence that, because you know what, the, the house at one point probably will go down or something's going to happen. You can guarantee I mean, it. You right? can guarantee it. And just guarantee knowing it. that you can do it again. Yeah, you can begin and, again. You can yeah. always come back, come back to, come back to the practice. And that's why we sort of, it's this like beautiful, infinite game. Like it's prepare, you know, lay the foundation, open the doors, crack a window, come back to yourself, right? Welcome home. And then, you know, so it's this beautiful methodology that, yeah, we can't control what's going to happen. I can't control other people, but what I can control is what I do next. And that's always up to me. I can't think of a better way to wrap that com- or this conversation. I mean, we could obviously continue forever. That's that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty obvious. But I want to respect your time and and also allow people on the other side to go in and explore more about your, you know your work. And we didn't even talk about the book. The book is amazing. I highly encourage everyone to take a look. 
We'll we'll have uh, we'll have some links in the show notes to the course if you want to check it out. Yeah, we'll and, give your listeners twenty percent off. So we'll put a oh. link in. It's the 29th of December. So um, since we chatted about it, and if, yeah, uh, I think it. registration will close the morning of, by noon on the 29th. So if you listen to this in time, Merry Christmas! I hope to see you in class. And if you do come, you have to tell me you heard me on Mark's podcast um, because yes. I would love to know how you got to the class. So you have to ping me and say I'm signing up, and I'd love to meet you. Amazing. Thank you so much. It's super generous. Well, uh, or I'll include that in the show notes as well. Thank you. And then just, yeah, I want to just say a higher thanks to you being you and you continuing to open your own doors and, you know, going back the second time to Second City. And because I feel <sighs> like we're all benefiting from that decision that you made and so many others that where you've been able to touch their lives. So thank you for first showing up for yourself so that you can show up for others and it's just a beautiful ripple effect thank you what a beautiful thing to say i receive it